Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Yankees have wrapped up the regular season at a satisfying, nice, even numbered record at 100 wins and 62 losses. Despite having so much go wrong, so many different faces throughout the year, the many punt games, tough losses. It was a year filled with magic moments, walk-offs, 267 home runs to be exact. And now all we can do is wait for Wednesday night at 8 p.m. in the Bronx. So much anxiety, so much tension, but hopefully lots of baseball left to be played for the evil Empire Yankees. So, without further ado, let's bleed blue. Welcome, 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 welcome back, Bleeding Blue. I don't know what episode this is, but probably the most important one. For the housekeeping items, follow me on Twitter at jpenick 74 jpenik 74 I talk Giants. I talk Yankees. If you are a first-time listener, hello, my name is Justin. I'm a transplanted Yankee fan, a Giants fan, currently in Washington, D.C. Till December, I will be back in Jersey in December. I'll go to a few Giants games. My wonderful co-hosts are Bokra, Renato, and Brett. And this is a podcast called Bleeding Blue, where we attempt to talk about the football Giants and the evil Empire Yankees. If you like the podcast, follow us on SoundCloud, like every episode, tell all your friends. And if you really like us, like if you really, really like us, you could share us on social media. Tell all your friends to listen to us. I would appreciate that. Brett, would you appreciate that if people did that for us? Well, I, I tell you what. I mean, if they really, really like us, I mean, you're getting kind of creepy there. But, yeah, I, I would settle for, for what you said. I don't think that's creepy. That's not creepy. You just said really, really, really. I'm like, oh, well, well, back well. off there. All right. All right. So we'll start off with you, Brett. How are you yeah. doing today? Well, I'm doing all right. After this weekend finally ended, I was actually not particularly happy this weekend. There are big differences between Brian what the hell? and Scott Wallace. Fitzpatrick has taken tens of thousands. All right. Edit that part out. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not right, I'm, not, I'm not editing that out. Really? No. How, That's great. That's Continue. Great. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. <laughs> proud of you, man. All right, I'm doing fine today. Um, I had a lot of fun actually following the Brewers game. Lorenzo Kane, yeah, MVP. What? And Lorenzo Kane. All right, yeah, we're not talking about the Brewers. Michael Bokra, 
<laughs> How are you doing on this fine Monday evening? You will be attending the wild card game on Wednesday. What? How are you feeling? How are you doing? What are your emotions heading into Wednesday? <sighs> I'm sweating right now. Um. So, I will first by begin starting off with I. What I thought would be a good day, it turned out it was not a good day. I had one of the worst days I could possibly imagine. But with that being said, I am extremely looking forward to going to the wild card game. Um, I know uh, what the Bronx feels like when October hits, and I'm just so excited. I can't wait. All the fans are going to be going crazy. I'm going to be going crazy. I'm I'm looking so forward to it. I I can't wait for Wednesday. And usually I can't wait for the weekend, but this week I want Wednesday to be here already. Where are you sitting? Uh sitting down the third baseline in the outfield, uh up in the 400 section? What, yeah, what what section? 432, I think. All right, so you're pretty close to where we would sit. Where? Yeah, we had a we were in what were we in 424? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were in 424. I love those seats. Probably going to try to get an upgrade, maybe, but that's um, to be continued. Renato, how are you? Nervous. Very, 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 very nervous for Wednesday. I mean, I wanted to come, but it's like... Why are you nervous? What do you mean I'm nervous, but it's a wild card game. It's a win. What do you mean it's a win? The Yankees are at home. There's no oh, chance yeah. they do you know Oakland's the best road team in major leagues this year? No, they're not. Offensively? What? Offensively. They rank first in almost every category on the road this year. Well, the Astros are the best, though. I know, but I'm talking about the, the, the numbers, pal. Who you cares? Know Who cares? No, I mean, offensively, the Yankees can out-hit them. Not a problem. Okay, Brett. Listen, this is about me, okay? But you had your turn already. Hold on. No, I didn't. I didn't have a real turn. I I, I lament the fact I, I, that that's your fault, Bob. That's your fault. You lost it. No, it isn't. I'm stealing your turn now. <laughs> go ahead. No, you know you know what you know what Brett, I'm gonna ban you. Okay, go ahead. Ban you from some some hashtag banned. Hit You're the banned block. Hit the, the block button. Hit the block button. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. I I mean. A hundred win season was a little under what I wanted this year, but oh, you know, come on, you guys know my expectations. Come on, I had high... one hundred twenty wins. I had one hundred twenty wins. My, my that's actually that's actually the words that came out of his mouth. Oh come on, <laughs> you are and, you and are they, right on. Renato, you are an insane Yankees listen, fan. Listen, if you they were not, if, if they were not her, they would have gotten a hundred grand games easy. Yes, BS. They would have. No, they're not. They're not that good. They, they are that good. They're really good, but they're not that good. They are that good. No. All right, Justin, keep going, please. <laughs> All right. I so say, I was going to say, Mom and Dad, could we stop arguing and just continue the conversation? Who's the mother? <laughs> uh, no, let's 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 flip the coin. That's, that's a that's a <laughs> that's a post podcast discussion. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a bleeding blue after dark discussion. Ooh, that's a good idea. <laughs> um, so um, I don't even know where to where to go from that. Um, I'm feeling good. anxious. Good. I'm feeling anxious. I'm confused because I just don't know what to feel heading into Wednesday. 
We don't know the lineup. However, they know the lineup. Um, no, no, no. I disagree. How do you? Oh, why do you? Why do you disagree with that? Because I know the lineup already. All right. Well, uh, I, I, I think we're just going to presume that the lineup that we saw Friday night against the Red Sox. Now, this is just my feeling, but I'm talking about the general public. The general public does not know the lineup. We'll get into that when we talk about our Red Sox series reaction really quick. We'll do that really quick. But just in terms of Wednesday, we don't know anything yet. We don't really know the wild card starter. We can talk about that for yeah. a few and maybe how that's changed or how that's not changed since last episode. I thought since Severino pitched in the Red Sox series that they were going to hold him off, but I still kind of think that he's going to go out there and pitch. I'm pretty sure we're all the same. Bokra, since Tanaka had a bad outing, do you think that uh, they're still going to run Tanaka out there or are you kind of uh, jumping on the Sevy or the Hap train? No, I'm on the Sevy and Hap train. Even uh, I don't know. It's so tough because uh, I saw a stat today that um, I think A-Rod, A-Rod said or on uh, MLB Network it was um, Tanaka um, in the playoffs last year went had like a sub one ERA, and I don't know. I, I feel like he could take. Can, he, I feel like he can continue that in the playoffs this year. But I think I'm on the the happen Sevy train. I honestly, yeah. honestly, it's a tough call. I honestly think Tanaka could just dominate against the A's. To be honest. And Hap already did. I mean, that's that's the – I think that's where kind of like maybe Renato's coming from. I looked at the series, the last series where we were in Oakland. That mm-hmm. was the disaster game where Seve and Gary just had total miscommunication. And Seve was also just getting lit up by the A's. But Hap pitched really well. I'm still on the Seve train because I just think he gives you the best chance. He, he has the best upside. I'm not going to maybe come out and say that he gives you the best chance to win. But Sevi's best day is just – it can be demoralizing to a team, whereas Hap is very methodical, and Hap can just, like, go along about his business, and he can give you a quality start, which is absolutely what we need. But Sevi's top-notch performance can demoralize a baseball team. So well, what do you think the, the chances of getting that are? Well, I, that's, a good, that's a really good question. Um, and honestly, there's a part of me that even just says that this is – this may even be just a kind of like a waste of time talking about because if yeah. a starter can just come out and give us three, four innings, mm-hmm. that's fine. And I will take that. And I will take our bullpen with our arms that are fully, fully rested. There is no going to be, you know, obviously it's the one game playoff game. Yeah. There's going to be no, you know, in the back of our minds during the regular <laughs> season games, it's going to be, Oh, how, how long can we stretch this guy out for? Or, when is the right time to bring this guy in? No. You know, we have our plan. We have the starters going to go out there, go three, four innings, five innings maybe at best. He's going to come out the sixth inning. It's going to be Chad Green, D-Rob, Zach Britton, Batances, Chapman. I may have just given 10 innings worth of I don't think Chapman's going to close, to be honest with you. I, I think he is going to close because he because he, yeah. uh, he closed the uh, the second game of the series. I, just, I don't know if he's going to close. Here's, here's what I think. All right, now I'm going to put my two cents in for just a second. All right, if the Yankees have that plan, which I think they do, only go- that they're only going to let the starter go three, four, or five innings, I think they have to put in Seve. I think he's the best guy to let you go three, 
or four, five, maybe even five innings. Here's that, the that's, thing. What, that's what I think. That's an interesting thought. Wait, I, 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 here's the thing. This is the one-game playoff. Do or die elimination. You want your most consistent pitcher mm-hmm. all right, in this spot. Yeah. You need – I don't like – you saw what happened suddenly last year, right? Yeah. You yeah, I was watching the game having back. a heart attack. Like, I – I want I want to have to pitch this game. He is the most consistent pitcher we've had in the second half of the year, and I I mean there should be no arguments. But I know the Yankees going to want seven. Like I said, like I said, if you're looking for someone to go three, four, or five innings, I wouldn't put Tanaka in there, just because of the amount of home runs that he gives. Okay, early in games, especially in the first inning, how he has trouble getting out of that first inning. Hasn't been that, recently. It has not been recently, but there's still that chance that it can happen, right. which might as well might happen. All right. I'm on board with the Sevy and Hap train. For me, I think I just want to see Sevy pitch. He he's the ace, and I think he's gonna go out there and prove it if that if that's if they give him the not to start. That that's me personally. Hap you can make the argument about too, but I, I, I think it's gonna be Sevy. Are yeah, and we are, are we uh, all in agreement with uh with the whole maybe order of the the bullpen guys? How D Rob, Chad Green are the guys that are gonna come out first, and they're gonna be kind of like your higher leverage guys. If a starting pitcher is in a jam, you're gonna have those two guys try to get him out of the jam, and then yeah. Zach Britton, Dylan Batances get the clean inning. They get their late inning guys, and then Renato doesn't think that Chapman's gonna close. I but, think he's gonna close. Yeah. I mean, how can he not? I mean, coming off of coming off of the injury, I mean, he's been very good. Yeah, he's been very good. Why would he not go back into the close? Because I still do not trust Zach Britton. I know he's been very good, but there's a part of me that gives me the heebie-jeebies, and I, I still am not really completely sold on Zach Britton. I'm Plus, not sold on Britton in the closer role. Yeah, so wait, that, that's what I'm not sold on. Uh, so you guys rather trust Chapman, who could give up multiple homers, and he could be a, a nutcase? Are you forgetting the season that Chapman's had? I've not forgotten. He just come. The reason why I'm not putting him to close right now is because he just came off injury. Do you pitch him this game? Absolutely, but I'm pitching him in the seventh. I'm not. And they, they may, they may do that. They may very well do that. If um, we get to, if we get to the ALDS, then you know. I, I could see Chapman's becoming, you know, more reliable in that closer role. But I think for now, you have to stick with Betances and bring the eighth and ninth. That's okay. it. All right. So, we mentioned the lineup. I'm going to give a quick little uh, – we're going to do this kind of a – of, a lot of this episode is going to kind of be modeled off of Talking Yanks because we're what we're going to do is we're going to have – we're going to recap – John, John Boy and Jake. We're going to recap the Red Sox series. At least the first two games. We're not even. Can we? Can we agree not to talk about the third game because it didn't matter. Didn't matter. Luke Voigt hit another home run. Um, for yeah. So we're gonna talk about the first two games. Um, but at first, I'm gonna read the lineup. I'm gonna read the lineup, and this is gonna be probably be the last that we talk about the lineups because we did that last episode. Andrew McCutcheon, left field first. Aaron Judge, two hole. Right field, Aaron Hicks, center field, three. John Carlos Stanton, DH, four. Luke Voigt, five. Didi Gregorius, six at shortstop. Andujar, seven. Third base, Gary Sanchez, eighth. 
Glaber Torres ninth second base. So reason why I read that lineup is because like Renato said, I, this is what I feel the lineup is going to be Wednesday night. And I, I think with this lineup, man, just one, one through nine, especially with McCutcheon now leading off San Gardner, no offense to Gardner, but McCutcheon is such a great leadoff guy. He's, he's been so reliable starting off games with his pimping of the walks. I love that. Luke Thoy with that, that bashful energy, man. I mean, my God, if this lineup starts early, it's, it's going to be a long night for Wilkins. I want to say that right now. You mentioned a stat um, while we were in a, our bit of pre-conversation before we started recording. And what was that stat? How many times has this lineup been together like this year or, or at least these same group of guy, core group of guys and how many runs have they scored each game? So, so this lineup has been used four times by Aaron Boone in the last like week or so, okay? They've averaged 7.5 runs a game, including two games with double digits with the runs. And this is against teams like Boston. However, I don't we haven't I don't think we've necessarily seen Boston's best arms, but Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, Oakland. Oakland. I mean, we've seen teams that we've kind of especially Tampa Bay that we've really struggled against at points this year. And we've scored and at least with this lineup and this core group of guys. We scored a lot of runs, so there's feelings for optimism that everybody's here, everybody's health. I am, I am amazed. I am amazed to see that Didi Gregorius is back so quickly and acclimating back to the lineup and acclimating to being back in the field so quickly. I'm not. Um, <laughs> and why is that? I, I just when I saw the slide, I didn't think like anything you know major happened. You know. Like, I, I thought, you know, simple slide into play. Then it was like a wrist, like, what was it? What was the exact entry, Justin? Was a, uh, uh, not a fracture, but what, a contusion or something like that? You tear a ligament. Tear a ligament, right. Sure. We'll just, I, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. It, it was, matter. it was, it was, it was cause for concern. because was, it, Right. But it wasn't like judges and you went a ball hit him. You know? No, but I mean, the day after it was rumored to be like, oh, we, he may be done for the season. And now to just see him back and moving well, and he seems to be Didi Gregorius, you know, Didi Gregorius is fine. It was, let's just say, we're thanking our lucky stars. And that's, that's, oh, no that's question. the, that's the overall, that's the overall point of this. So we're going to burn, not to use the same talking Yanks phrase, we're going to recap the two important games that we had against the Red Sox. So who's ready? Who's ready for this quick little recap? Do it. Do it. So game one, Friday night, we clinched home field advantage for the wild card game. The magic number was one. We needed one win. We got one win. Judge homered for the first time since coming off of the DL. So we got that monkey off his back. And especially since the whole conversation, ooh, Judge hasn't homered since he got off the DL. When will he homer? He got that monkey off his back. This is not chronological chronological order, by the way. I listed this in whatever order I wanted to. Hicks <laughs> hit one of the funniest home runs I've ever seen as he never presses up the opportunity to pimp a home run or just like Andrew McCutcheon, never, pre- never passes up the opportunity to even pimp off a walk. <laughs> but it was very odd. He thought he hit a fly ball to right field. And I remember seeing that. Yeah, especially from the left side of the plate, he always just seems to pimp everything no matter what he does. So it was funny. He And he was pissed at himself. He's like, oh, I just missed it. But then it goes out for a three-run home run. Funny moment. Gary Sanchez hit a bomb that still hasn't landed. 
He uh, hit it uh, past the green monster. Luke Voigt continued his madness and tied Ooh. the home run record at 264. Jay Happ pitched well enough until the grand salami. And like we said, the lineup that we saw in all likelihood will be the wildcard game lineup and possibly the same pitcher as well. So that was Friday night's game. That was fun. That was a fun night in Fenway. You know, I don't, I don't care if the Red Sox, and this is kind of like what we were, what we were talking about, whether you go back to the Miami episode or whether you go back to last week's episode, we were talking about just the Yankees playing with emphasis and the Yankees starting to get hot. And I don't care if the Red Sox were not putting their best foot forward. I could honestly give two craps about that and who were they, who they were throwing out uh, for pitching. I wanted the Yankees just to start playing well and start playing good baseball and start getting that energy back and start getting swagger. I mean, that's really what this team and a lot of these guys on this team, they have that swagger and you can see it when Glaber's not pouty, when Glaber's not giving you a sad puppy dog face or when judge or when judge is out there getting everybody hyped up, whatever, or or Andrew McCutcheon, Aaron Hicks are, are pimping and bat and bat flipping walks, you know, stupid little petty stuff, but it gets this team going. Yeah. Is game two the is, is game two the game where Stanton got hit by his home his own home run ball? Don't 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 steal my thunder, Brett. Don't, don't steal the thunder, bro. Sorry about that. That was the highlight of that series for me. Game two Saturday in Fenway. Greg Bird nearly breaks the home run record. What would what would you have guys done if Greg Bird broke? the home run record is it just not like that big of a deal or would it be like of course of course if <laughs> bird would have broken that i would have just went home and be like really <laughs> of, all, of, of all the people to break it really i know really? <laughs> pretty troll it would have been pretty troll it would have been a top 10 troll moment i'd say it, i i do agree it would have been a troll moment I mean, stupid, stupid Fenway Park because he hit it to like one of the deepest parts of the park. And that stupid yellow line, if you hit it to like the right of that yellow line in center field, it's a home run. But if you hit it to the left, it's just off the wall. He had to be like three feet away from hitting it to the right of that yellow line. So it was a double off the wall and Greg Bird had a couple hits. Um, I, I, I'm a big, it was, it was nice. It was nice for me to say because I'm a big Greg Bird fan. But instead, in the same inning, Glaber, Glibber, Torres, Glaber bombs hits the 265th home run of the year for the Yankees. Giancarlo later added on to the record. And he's also starting to heat up again, which is nice. And it just turns out the Giants might have found their next franchise quarterback. While Giancarlo was rounding second, a fan <laughs> threw back the ball. Probably worth thousands of dollars, by the way. How stupid is that? Yeah, no. So stupid. The ball was probably worth thousands of dollars. I was talking to my security guard where he's like, yeah, that guy's such an idiot. It would cost him thousands and thousands of dollars. But overall, it resulted in a sight and a scene and a play that was priceless as the ball bounces off of Giancarlo Stanton. And he gave the Fenway faithful one last salute before hopefully we return sometime next week. And that was game two. And that's the season. That was base. I'm not counting Sunday's game. No, as Sunday, a Sunday's game, game doesn't count. Doesn't Sunday's baseball game does not count in my brain. It, that was the Yankees' perfect day. It was a punt game, and they honestly wish that they could just do that every single game. Just punt. 
just just punt it just throw out Luis Sessa throw out Domingo Herman <laughs> throw, <laughs> throw out Tarpley Sheffield AJ Cole's gonna get five innings Sheffield. oh my god she, no Sheffield Sheffield has potential we're talking about guys that have no potential and shouldn't even be wearing a Yankee uniform but they just love to go out there and pitch them anyway okay anyway that's the Yankee season that's it game 162. No game one one sixty three needed. Thank goodness, right? <laughs> oh my god, I think the Yankees would have freaked out. They would have been like, "What do we do? We only had we didn't have any off days. How are we going to pitch our best arms?" <laughs> they would have they would have had a heart attack. <laughs> they would they, they probably would have pitched to not game one sixty three, and then like happens. So they would off. have they would have found a way to get Chase and Shreve back to get the extra arm up here. <laughs> All right. So the format for the format for the rest of the episode. We're gonna have I I mean at least this is my this is my plan. I would like to have another Yankee episode after the wild card game, despite the result. Yeah, no, no, I think I think I think if we lose, I don't think we'd have another one. I think just, I think. just wait, just wait until January to have yeah, another episode. We'll wait for the all season at that point. Wait till we right. sign Machado. Oh um <laughs> oh, oh. all right, no. Um rest of the episode, we're gonna do awards. Like I said, we're gonna kind of structure this off of talking Yanks giving them total credit. If you want to call me fake, whatever, but we're going to do some funny awards and then like simple kind of like MVP awards. And we're going to go from there, probably end it there. So we ready? I'm ready. MVP, my MVP for the New York Yankees season. The best ability is the availability. Miguel, roll your R's when you say Andujar. Miguel Andujar. Second in RBIs on the team. Fourth in OPS. 27 home runs. He tied for most doubles by a rookie in MLB history. He, I believe, how many doubles did he have? He, had he, didn't, he didn't tie. 47 doubles. Miguel Andujar tied for most doubles by a rookie in AL history. Fred Lynn. Don't know who that is. <clears throat> All right, so I should I, I should know who Fred Lynn is. I don't know who Fred Lynn is. I don't, I don't know Fred Lynn. Have you ever heard the name? No. I've never heard the name. I know Lance Lynn. I know Anselm too. All right, so most doubles, AL rookie, MLB history, despite the lackluster defense, and the defense is quite bad. He had the second most errors on the team. He had a eighty. He had a um, eighty-two percentage balls fielded that resulted in outs. Eighty-two. Oh, so yeah, not 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 the grace, not the best there. Percentage of bunts that resulted in outs, fifty percent of the time. So if you want to, if you want a little cheap little base hit, you know, ask uh, ask Miguel Andujar to make a throw. But we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. Defensive numbers were bad, especially the second the second half of the season. The first half of the season, we were kind of like, and eh, we're kind of like living with it. But second half of the season, they were bad, and his lack of ability to throw the ball. But he, in ter- in terms of like I said, availability is the best ability. Miguel Andujar was here the entire season. Really was the Pied Piper for this Yankee offense, especially, especially the second half of the season where they really needed it. You know, without Judge and without Glaber being on fire and Giancarlo being inconsistent at times, time from time to time. Andujar was the guy. He was the dude. The dude. So he's my MVP. Can I argue something here? Wait, who's going next? I want to go next. Go okay. Next. Wait. 
Let's not argue because this is strictly opinion. This is opinion. Thank you, Boker. This is opinion. Okay. We're not arguing. Okay. The hell are we five? You know who my you know who my MVP is? Who? Oh. Aaron Judge. No doubt. Wow. The no doubter there. Explain. His war is five point five. Led the team. Most valuable player right there. <laughs> Rob Spike. <laughs> and also, can I can I tell you who who uh, Fred Lynn was? Oh. Nine time All Star, MVP, center fielder for the Red Sox, and some other teams too. Actually, a lot of other teams like the Orioles and stuff like that. But yeah, he's an all time great, great player. Mm. So maybe he was, and he was MVP and Rookie of the Year. Damn, beast. Anyway. I mean, yeah, you can you can actually kind of easily argue Aaron Judge, even though, I mean, twenty seven home runs, sixty seven RBIs, one hundred and twelve games, seventy seven runs, which is insane, insane, one hundred and twelve games and seventy seven runs. He's a great scored. defender. That's the thing. He's the best defender on the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. I think, I uh, we're we're going to talk. We're, we're going to talk about defense too. And he had a nine nineteen OPS. And go ahead, Renato. Think about how how this offense was stagnant after you you got hurt. Right. Think about how many games they've lost because of, you know, not having Judge in the lineup. Shane Robinson playing in some... <laughs> oh, my God. If I have to hear that name ever again, <laughs> I do not want to hear Shane Robinson's name ever again. Please, for the love of God. All right, well, you can give him... You you can possibly give him an award tonight, so... Uh, I'm going to give a lot of the awards to that guy tonight. Jeez. <laughs> I don't right, know the so- ones either. I have Miguel Andujar. Brett has Aaron Judge. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. Okay. I mean, we're forgetting about this guy. Forgetting about him. The the guy who stepped up for the Yankees when Judge came was off the injury. Gotta be Giancarlo Stan. Damn it, Renato. (laughs) (laughs) You knew he was my guy. You knew it. You just had to say it. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm gonna give Broker all the credit on this. Yeah, one. yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So I I back this guy like no tomorrow, <laughs> just for you to steal my MVP. <laughs> you know. You know. Uh, okay. I'm going back to eat my damn salad. <laughs> Piss me off. Um. I mean, like Broker said, since since day one, give Stan a chance, give him an opportunity. And when Judge went down, he stepped up. I mean, I'm gonna give him credit. He he, he was the catalyst of this Yankee offense when Judge went out and, and 38 homers, 100 RBIs. Yes, it's not the same thing as last year, right? He's a 266 batting average, but still, for for a guy coming to the American League adjusting to the Yankees, I mean, he still had 100 RBIs, play almost every game, stayed healthy, stayed consistent for the most part. I mean. He's a great hitter. What else can I say? He, was great. he played. He played 158 games this year, and he led the team in runs. Now, that's typically a stat that's led by like your speed guy, and our, you know, typically led every single year by Brett Gardner. 102 runs. That's that's kind of that's kind of nutso. And we talked about how you know the OPS for John Carlo was a little low. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the average. This is why average is so deceiving. Giancarlo has a 266 average, and that's partially because of all his infield singles. If he didn't have all those infield singles this year, and if he didn't hustle, now he should be, he should be complimented and he should be affirmed for that because he showed hustle and he got on base. 
but batting average can be deceiving. His batting average is definitely 250 without all those infield singles, but OPS 852, it's good. It's good. It's it's great. Not MVP in terms of American League or league-wise, but because of Giancarlo's versatility, and again, the best ability is availability, and the fact that you know all of those runs scored from probably coming from you know the benefit of being in the two-hole as opposed to three-hole really worked out for him. So he definitely does deserve some MVP votes for team MVP. Anybody else on Giancarlo? Bokra? I mean, I think we just said everything about him. I was going to say, um, think about when Judge was absent and how big this man stepped up, but we said that already. And it's and it's actually kind of crazy because even in my even in like my explanation, I kind of like digged him. I even kind of like digged at him a little bit. How hard Yankee fans, including myself, have been on him. Yeah, it's, I know. It's kind of it's kind of nuts. Like the guy hit fifty some home runs last year, and he's done so consistent. And he's been so consistent through his entire career. Yet, how many times do you hear after after he strikes out at a Yankee game, you hear people say, "Oh, he's a bum. He's a bum." And they're and they're talking about him like he's like he's Greg Bird, which is kind of crazy because of the career that he's had and the impact that he's had on the team. You know why, right? Yeah, so it's weird. Why? You know why? MVP. Stanton struck out two hundred eleven times and only walked seventy. Yeah, that's why. I mean, be, besides, I mean, if he didn't strike out that much, Brett, he probably had similar numbers to his um to his uh, other great year in uh, two thousand fourteen, probably. Yeah, he just struck out weight. That that's gotta be cut down next year. Yeah. I think he'll work on that. I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I think he'll cut that down next year. Judge had 76 walks and he played 112 games. So yeah, I I think Stan is gonna work on that in the offseason. I think we. I think he was a little bit nervous in the beginning. He he didn't strike out as much later in the season. If you guys noticed, it's a, bit, right. a lot more strikeouts at the beginning. The pressure of New York. I think now he's gonna be adjusted. I think next year he'll be okay. Are we gonna have an under underrated player award? We can we can do that, do you, um, but we'll we'll do that once we kind of like get off of like the base, okay. kind of like the basic ones. Okay, because so I have somebody in mind. So, gold glove. Uh, uh, I right, just skip my MVP. No, don't skip Volker. Can't wow. you, you you said Stanton. I said, but Justin, right. I'm I'm a podcast guy. Of course, I got to spice it up. All right, all right. Go ahead, go ahead. My MVP is would have been Stanton, but. I changed it now to Mr. I'm not a home run hitter. Didi Gregorius. He's my MVP. Okay. Okay. I can dig that. He's my MVP. But I will say this, though. <clears throat> if we had this guy longer with the way that he's been playing, I think Luke Voigt would have been my MVP if we had whoa, him the whole whoa, year. Whoa, 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 whoa. Luke Voigt, Luke whoa. Voigt would have been my MVP if we had him the whole God, year. Whoa, whoa. It's only been a month, guy. Relax. Yeah, 30, 39 like said, games. Relax. Like I said, he would have been if we had him the whole year. We don't know what it. No, no. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Again. Okay. Again. Do I have to prove you wrong? Like how I proved almost everything. Just, we just talk about Didi. Let's go. Talk about Didi. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. All right. Didi Gregorius. More valuable than Gary Sanchez this year. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We will. We will talk about both of those players. Didi Gregorius, eighty-nine runs, one hundred and thirty-four games. So the games aren't like 
I mean, you look at how many times you feel like Didi Gregorius has kind of like been hurt, but he played in 134 games this year. 89 runs, which is incredible, especially coming from somebody who's typically down a little later in the order. 23 doubles, 27 home runs, same home runs as Miguel Andujar and Aaron Hicks. 86 RBIs from a shortstop, incredible. 50 walks, the walks were up from last year. They had to have been. He was much more patient 40, this year. 48, Justin, 48. 48, what did I say? The 50. I said 50. Oh. 48 walks, only 69 strikeouts. He had 10 stolen bases as well. 268 average, 335 OBP, 494 slugging, 829 OPS, which is incredible. Didi's the complete player. And every single year that we have him as a Yankee, he keeps on having career seasons. And we can only continue to expect him to kind of get better, you know, because mm -hmm. every single year we keep on saying to ourselves, if Didi was here for this extra month, he would have gotten, you know, 30 homers, 95 RBIs. You know, it was the same thing last year. If Didi didn't miss April, he would have had a better year. This year, he had a better year than he did last year. So he just keeps on getting better. And it's especially like his April this year. The guy, the guy was like in the month of April, he was the MVP in April. Yeah. You want to talk about like around the league. I mean, he phenomenal, phenomenal April. Especially when the Yankees kind of had like a sluggish start in the month of mm -hmm. April. He yeah. kind of, you know, I remember that series that he had in ha Anaheim was in incredible, absolutely incredible. And Didi sometimes has trouble hitting on the road, which I think he kind of changed. He kind of changed that conception this year that he just doesn't need Yankee Stadium to hit home runs. Cough, cough. If we actually go back to Cleveland, you better get ready, Cleveland fans, for Didi Gregorius. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. So, Gold Glove. Who wants to start? The way that I I'll kind start. of broke it up. Yeah, the way that I kind of broke it up is I gave a Gold Glove in the infield and I gave a Gold Glove in the outfield. So, wh however you want to break this down. Right. Well, well, if we're going to go both, uh, my Gold Glove on the infield is Gregorius. Mm -hmm. And if we're going outfield, I'm going Judge. Let me let me give you some defensive numbers on Didi. Before you do, I agree with Boker, so you can see. But it's my pick too. I'm just going with that. Brett. Okay, I, I I agree with Boker, but I I just I just want to say something that's stunning. Gary Sanchez was your second best infielder. Sanchez. Yes, by by defensive WAR. Wow, that's awful. Jesus Christ. <laughs> is that a reflection on Gary Sanchez or is that a reflection on the war stat? I think the infield. Although, frankly, Austin Romine was better and he played only a f only 12 fewer games. So you could potentially ca count him because he had a better defensive war than Gary Sanchez. So Gary has an arm. Yeah, he has, the, he has a cannon. And that's really what it is. And also Gary Sanchez, I think he gets a bad rap because he had like 43 wild pitches this year compared to Austin Romine, who had a lot less. So, you know, kind of like wild pitches, pass balls, I think there's sometimes kind of like an arbitrary, vague, it's all on the, uh, it's all on who's keeping score up in the booth. True. So, you know, that can kind of be like a vague stat sometimes where, you know, 43 wild pitches, sometimes it can be like, oh, Gary Sanchez can't block the ball. Well, if it goes down as a wild pitch, then that's a wild pitch. So, Greg Bird was actually your best fielding percentage. Really? Well, I mean, feel I I don't consider Greg Bird to be a good fielder. He he cost us he cost us like two games this year. 
Yeah, but in a 996. Again, again, you know, it's all it's all in the eyes of the beholder in terms of... Oh, I know, of, I know. I, I, again, this is just fascinating stuff I like pointing out. Yeah, yeah. So, Didi Gregorius. But I agree. Nine, I agree. Nine, yeah, 987 fielding percentage. All right, so Didi Gregorius, total zone, total fielding runs above average. Don't know what that means, but we'll read it together. The number of runs above average, above or below average, the player was worth based on the number of plays made. So Didi Gregorius, he's a shortstop, a lot of plays made, positive number of four. And if you want to include Aaron Judge along with the gold glove for the Yankees, he had a positive number of eight. The worst player <laughs> of this stat, Miguel Andujar at minus 29. Yeah. And, and the second percentage, nine forty eight. Yeah. And the second worst player for Yankees defensive <laughs> defensively was minus eight, and that was Aaron Hicks. And you can even argue that Aaron Hicks isn't even that bad defensively. I would say he takes the he takes weird angles to baseballs, but that's the only complaint about Aaron Hicks. Yeah. So there were a few times this year that Dee made plays where call like John Sterling calling the game wise. Like I'm more of like a like a like a nerd when it comes to the broadcasting play by play podcasting part of baseball rather than like maybe the actual play. Kind of weird. That's just me. But John Sterling, he had probably his best moments this year when he was calling some of these Didi Gregorius plays where Didi would throw from his knees, make these acrobatic plays showcase that strong cannon of an arm that he has from in the whole shortstop. And it's because those were some of the most exciting plays of the season. That's not just, you know, he kind of made it easy for John Sterling to have such these great moments. Um, so that's my, that's also my gold glove for the infield, Didi Gregorius. And it's solely because he just had these moments this year where it caused your jaw to just drop to the floor. My gold glove for the outfield. Brett Gardner, Aaron Judge showcased the arm a ton against the Angels. He had that one weekend where two nights in a row, he really put the he really put Major League Baseball on notice in terms of you cannot run on Aaron Judge. But overall, Brett Gardner's still my guy. That that's fair enough, I think. I mean, Gardner and Judge were very similar. Gardner makes more plays with fielding and running balls down yeah. as opposed to his arm, but his arm is very accurate. That's the thing. Gardner's had a few um, putouts this year in terms of throwing some runners out, and it's because it, his arm's accurate. It's not necessarily the strongest. He's got a. He does have a strong throwing arm, though. He may not as strong as Judge. I mean, Judge is a freak, right? Yeah. I, well, yeah. I think when you're like six eight and like two hundred and eighty pounds, two two eighty five, I think you'd be classified in the freak section. Yeah. All Overall, right. Nice guy, though. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on. Rookie of the year. Mm. Who wants to go first? Oh. <laughs> uh, I went first with uh, my gold glove, so uh, someone else go first. I'll go first. I think this is the easy decision, right? Rookie of the year. You think? That's to be Miguel Andujar, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as Justin mentioned in his MVP, like, I mean, the guy just a freaking nature hitting. Yes, defensively sucks, but Miguel Andujar has pretty much carried the offense since he's came up. Remember his first game this year? Four BIs? I remember that against the White Sox. That's what uh, and I told Justin, especially this. Like, watch Miguel now is gonna be a great hitter. I, I sensed it, and he's done a great job this year. Absolutely, rookie of the year, no question. 
the similarities between him and Gary Sanchez's rise rises to fame are very, very similar. And this is why it just absolutely surprises me to see how much people hate Gary Sanchez because of the love that people have in even myself, you know, the people that the love that they have for Miguel Andujar, their rises to fame have been very, very similar. So Miguel Andujar, very deserving of the rookie of the year and MVP award. So yeah, 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 yeah. We already talked about Miguel. Anybody else think Miguel Andujar is the Yankees rookie of the year? Man, it, it, you know, it, it would be easy if he wasn't so bad defensively. It'd be an easy call. It's not easy. Frankly, Glebar Torres is a more valuable player. I and I I agree with Brett Glaber Glibber Torres. Long term, will have more of an impact on the Yankees. Well, I agree. But if, if we're so talking about rookie of the year, uh, right? actually, even this year he was a better overall player, Torres. Right, but. right. Particularly in the first half, the energy. I mean, if you, I mean, it's. I mean, it's tough to remember sometimes, but I just remember in the summer. Yeah. Especially like June, July, I mean, especially in the month of June, it was just Glaber, 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 Glaber Torres hitting bombs, Glaber Torres hitting bombs. And it was just all this insane energy that this young kid brought. And yeah, he had errors. He had the most errors on the team this year, but the defense is there. He's a, he's a very good defender, you know, second baseman playing out of position. Technically. Mm-hmm. Did he have most errors? He had he had seven he had the most yeah, errors on the team yeah um wow that's what I'm I was gonna say yeah he's my he's my uh, rookie I went with I went with Torres as well yeah and the unex yeah. especially with the unexpected showing of power insane absolutely mm-hmm. insane and yeah. the the defensive ability is there and same thing with Didi Gregorius there were some times where Jaw would drop to the floor where he just made the most complicated plays with ease. So in terms of the overall player and rookie of the year overall player, as opposed to the MVP award where you have the most valuable players impact for the team, I think Gleyber Torres wins rookie of the year. Yeah. So now we're going to get into like some of the funner awards. And if anybody else has um, like fun awards that they want to bring up, I I know Brett mentioned like the, you know, Mr. Underappreciated or, Whatever, whatever. But here's my first award. Okay. Fun award. Regular. That eat talking yanks. As we go around, just make up our own awards going around. I mean, that's that if you want, we can do that. Okay. I have a few, I have a few already prepared if and if you want okay. to kind of like add on to anything that I have. So the talking yanks calls them the the regular old awards. So I guess here we go. So here's the first one. The I really don't know why you aren't one of my favorite player awards. And I would like, and I would like Renato because Renato and Boca know some of my Yankee biases I have, and I would like Renato and Boca to guess. Boca, I want to hear you first. Who do you think the? I really don't know why you aren't one of my favorite player awards. Who do you think I'm going to give that to? Hmm. Ah, Big Bird. <laughs> no. no, because it's Sanchez, Sanchez, and um, Bird or Justin's like two two guys. I think I'm gonna say Stan, but I could be wrong. No, it's that's a good guess, but you're wrong. <laughs> Renato, who I was said, it? I, yeah, I said Stan because of just how much he hated no. him in the beginning. I'm gonna say Hicks. You are correct, Aaron Hicks. Ah, he was gonna be my underrated award. Yeah, Aaron Hicks is 
he's a guest hitter, and we've talked about it on this podcast before. And his we've approach talked about this multiple plate, times. Oh my god, his approach to the plate, I can't stand it. But as an OPS guy, as an OBP guy, and as a guy who that values big arms in baseball and sneaky power, as a guy who kind of like values like the you know the way that baseball is going with like analytics wise, have quality at bats, get the starting pitchers pitch count up. The more pitches you see in an at bat, the better. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And Aaron Hicks is that guy. He had 90 runs scored. He can hit anywhere in the order. They could put him at the bottom of the order. They could put him in the three hole, which they have been. They can put him at leadoff. I prefer Aaron Hicks as the leadoff hitter just because of how many walks he takes. Aaron Hicks had 90, 90 guy, 90 yeah. runs, 90 walks. 90. He had 90 walks on the dot, 27 home runs, 79 RBIs, 366 OBP. Yeah. 467 slugging, 833 OPS, which is insane, you know, which is actually insane. And yeah. we've said, and this has been so, you know, this has been documented so many times. Aaron Hicks is the second best center fielder in the American League. You know, that's kind of like the drum that's everybody's been um drumming along to. Who what what dog? What's the dog that's barking? I, I want to know the name. What's the name of the dog that's barking? You don't want to know. What's the name of your dog, Bokra? You don't want to know. I don't want to. Oh God! I don't, what do you mean? I don't want to you, know. You don't. You don't want to know because I had nothing to do with the name. All right. What's the name of the dog? I don't know. Please don't put this on the pot. Please don't air this. Okay. I promise I won't air it. All right. Sniper. Sniper. Yeah. All right. I'm keeping that in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know it. All right. So I, I want sniper. So sniper made an appearance on the podcast. I love Stop it. Sniping. Um, Aaron Hicks. I don't. I. I will always have a bias towards Aaron Hicks and I am constantly asking myself why he isn't one of my favorite players. He's just not. And I just don't like the approach where, especially, especially when there's like bases loaded with, you know, one or two outs, he will just decide before. And this is not even with bases loaded. He will just decide before the at bat. I'm either going to absolutely just swing for the fences here, or I'm just going to keep the bat on my shoulder and hope and pray for a walk. I don't like that. I hate it. Well, you know who that reminds me a lot of? Just a little side note. That yeah. reminds me a lot of Odubel Herrera for the Phillies. That's like he's the mm. exact same kind of hitter. He has that big leg kick. Yeah, but he's a guest hitter. He'll he'll just decide not to swing. Yeah. So does anybody else kind of want to add on to this award or I do. Do we want to yeah. move on? Okay. I I got I got I got I got a guy for this underappreciated award. It's gonna surprise you actually. You know who's the most underappreciated guy on this team? Dylan Batantis. Mm. Underappreciated like no tomorrow. Hey, people take him for granted. People take it for granted. No, not easily. I mean, this guy, ever since he's been into the major leagues, man, he's been the most probably the most one of the most consistent leaders we've seen come out of the Yankee Farm system. Him and D Rob are probably the two most consistent guys. So Dylan Batantis in it's 66 and two-thirds innings pitched this year. Dylan Batantis had 26 walks. Jeez. That's actually the same number. Uh, David Robertson only pitched three more innings, and David Robertson had the same amount of walks. So I was right. If Dylan Patances can continue to cut down on the walks, he is he is the nastiest, best reliever in Major League Baseball, not counting closers. Yeah. So Dylan Patances actually got my Bully of the Year reliever award. We're gonna have like a bully, a Bully of the Year. For okay. our, your best, your favorite starting pitcher, you're the best starting pitcher. So, 
giving giving it away. Mm. Bully of the year, Dylan Patances got my reliever award. So, are, are we still on the? I don't know why he's not my favorite player. Yeah, I mean you can do whatever, do whatever, whatever, Boca. Whatever. The, it's it's the I really don't know why you aren't one of my favorite players yeah. slash underappreciated. I'm going I'm going underappreciated player. My underappreciated player is CC Sabathia. CC CC my man. CC Ryder. CC Ryder. CC Sabathia <laughs> also received an award that I'm calling the That's for You Bitch Award. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Language guy, PG thirteen. No, he says like the F word all time. So I mean, walking off the mound in an opportunity to cash in an extra five hundred thousand dollars if he pitched two more innings against the Tampa Bay Rays, which I don't understand. I don't understand this. The Tampa Bay Rays pitcher throws at Austin Romine's head. CC Sabathia throws at somebody's thigh and he gets suspended for five games. Tampa Bay Ray pitcher gets suspended for three games. That's insane. That's insane. But CC Sabathia receives the that's for you bitch award and also the underappreciated award by Michael Boker. CC Sabathia this year, 3.65 ERA, sub four, nine and seven, win loss record, Um, 29 games, 29 games started, 153 innings. He was on pace to get 150 innings towards the first quarter of the season. Episode number one, he was on pace. Renato pointed that out. Renato said he's a lock to get 150 innings. I said he's a lock to get 180 innings. but And I called <laughs> Justin crazy for that. Credit to Renato. He said that he was on pace for 150 innings. And also credit to CC because he got there. He got to the 150 innings. 153 innings pitched. He allowed 150 hits. Um, the whip was 1.31. We hitters on. were hitting 250 off of him. Wow. Yeah. Wait, I, I just wanted to cut in real quick. Not because we're on pitchers. Ya- Yankee Silver Slugger Pitcher Edition. Yankees. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I watched. Uh, I watched a uh, a clip of him when he was with the Indians, and. He hit this home run in LA with the Dodgers, oh, and it was God. it was his. It, this is Cece. Oh yeah. yeah, his second home run of his career. It was in LA, and oh my God, he pimped it and everything. Oh my God, he took that first pitch fastball, and it, and it looked like it looked like just a fat Aaron Hicks. <laughs> it looked like a fat Aaron Hicks and a fat Ken Griffey Jr. But I, I just want to shout out for this year to t- for to Masahiro Tanaka and Sonny Gray for being the only two Yankees pitchers to score a run. Well, Tanaka was because of the walk. I was, I was at the Yankee Mex. So, that was so funny when he scored that run, though. Uh, <laughs> tore, yeah, tore both of his hamstrings on that yeah, play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when did Sonny Gray score? I don't remember that one. <laughs> and Sonny Gray reached on an error, didn't he? He, he reached on an error. Oh, that's right. That's right. He reached on an error. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, so Brett gives out the silver slugger awards and they go to Masahiro Tanaka for walking to first base and then tearing his hamstrings and then Sonny Gray for getting on base because of an error. Remember, Tanaka was because of an infield single, remember? Oh, yes. Yes. Go, <laughs> go NL batting rules. Don't even get me started with that again. <laughs> Don't even get me started on the NL battle batting rules. Okay. So the only way, the only way we're going to think about it is if we play the World Series. So. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, 
So we kind of mentioned this earlier. I kind of want to go to the bully. Bully of the year. Starters and relievers. I already bully. said Dell and Batances for my relievers. So who wants to go? I'll go. My bully of the year for relievers are all Chapman. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know what I'm going to go with? Surprise you a little bit. In terms of relief, I'm, I'm going Chad Green. Wow. Mm. Going Chad Green. Why? Okay, what defines a bully? I mean, honestly, I, I see Batances in, in, in Chapman. Those are clear bullies. Listen, 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 Brad. listen Brad. I can't see Batances against. I'm going with Green. Chad Green is a sneaky, sneaky pick. Yes. Because especially since he's developed his off-speed stuff, he's been incredible. He has the second-best ERA on the team, starters and relievers. Chapman has a 2.45. Chad Green has a 2.5. And he's had 25 more innings pitched than Aroldis Chapman. So, but wouldn't you, pick pitch, this, wouldn't you pick the highest strikeout? Percentage or strikeout rate? I'm sorry, strikeout rate to be your bully. Chad Green strike. He has 94 strikeouts on the year, so he's oh, averaging oh, over oh. over a strikeout over a strikeout an inning. And because he just has he has such a nasty fastball, he is able to locate that extremely well, especially when it's up in the zone. No doubt. Even though it's 96, I mean, you know, I feel like oh, in today, I, I know, I feel like in today's baseball, when you throw 96, that's like middle of the line. But yeah, Chad Green just has this. I don't want to say it, and I know you guys are going to get mad, but we haven't seen this type of. Here's my fastball. Try to hit it. We it's haven't Mariano. seen this type of pitcher since Mariano Rivera. Not saying that he is Mariano, but we haven't what, what seen this. Chapman has the. Here's my fastball. Try to hit it. No, but Chapman, Chapman's it's just it's just yeah. 103 and it's 102 when it's on the in the yeah. hundreds. I know it's different. It's different when it's like just a 92 mile an hour cutter and it's just one pitch. Chapman also has the slider, which he's been implementing a lot. Which Jack Green doesn't have any other pitches. He has he has a slider. Barely, he barely uses it though. He, well, I mean, he started to use it more, and I think he's become such a dynamic pitcher. And it's actually insane because Chad Green and we've talked about this. And earlier in the pod, earlier in the podcast, but since Chad Green had such a good year last year, we feel that whenever he like messes up and screws up this year, like he's doing a bad job. And it's actually it's actually nuts looking at his numbers this year that this is a full year of Chad Green, and we feel like last year was so much better than it was the year before, which is crazy. But Chad Green really is. You can argue, mm -hmm. you know, he he had a better year than Matanzas ERA wise. He is the best male reliever in the game. All right. So, bully of the year, relievers. That goes to Chad Green for Renato. Chapman I'd go with Chapman. For Boca. I'd go with Chapman still. Cash. Okay. All right. So, starters. Bully of the year, starters. This this should be interesting. I got it. It doesn't have to be. Well, he's not really a bully bully, you know, like Southern It's just, it's just give, me, give me the best starting pitcher. I, I just like to have the <laughs> award name funny. I have no question. Question about it. It's easy. All right, Hap. Hap. Like, let's let's uh let's get some of Hap's numbers up. Hap is seven and zero oh with a two point six nine ERA. He's the best right now. One point oh five WHIP. You, listen, this this guy was the best guy on the market, right? And we got better numbers than we had before him. <laughs> like you can't argue that. That was a great trade by Cashman. Yeah, but I mean, to me though, Severino's been on your team all year. 
Right. I, I, I understand that. But he hasn't been consistent all year. It's the only reason why I had not picked him. I know. I know. But to me, he's the bully. I mean, frankly, I didn't realize that D- Domingo Herman was such a strikeout guy. Yeah. Yeah. You picked Domingo here? No, he's. I'm not picking Domingo. I'm just saying I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. It kind of shows he has upside, even though he struggled a lot. He does have some upside, I hope. I'm a big Domingo Herman fan, but I agree with you, Brett. Luis Severino is my bully of the year. He's my starter of the year. 32 games started, 191 innings, 1.14 whip. Hitters are hitting 238 off of him, and that's with him being the worst pitcher in Major League Baseball the second half of the season. He was the worst qualified yeah. starting pitcher? ERA-wise, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What was his ERA? Like five, probably above five. The yeah, second half, second half of the season. I guess that's a pretty large stretch. Okay, but he's, he's still he's still my guy. He's still the the rock in terms of the rotation for this team. Yeah, he's my guy. He's my guy. He's the ace that the Yankees look Hap, towards. Hap is my guy. No more questions. All right. So Bokra and Brett, any any advocates for anybody else? Take a guess who my bully is. I know your bully is. I already know. Who? Tanaka. No. Really? Let me go really? Tonight. It's uh, Mr. Sabathia for me. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Roll. <laughs> Roll. Cece Sabathia. No. It's not even a remote chance, unless you mean like physically. Cece Sabathia is my bully. <laughs> no, but the, the the numbers the numbers can kind of back up Boker here because we we read his numbers a little earlier. But he had a, he had 140 strikeouts and 150 innings, and the way that CC was able Listen. to sneakily sneakily use his fastball up in the zone this year to strike guys out, as opposed to solely relying on the backdoor slider or the front door slider. I always sneakily, yeah, that's a word, Brett. Rather than just relying on the slider. It was it was cool this year, and the energy that he brings when he walks off the mound, especially you know exactly. you go back to that you go back to that Boston series in July where he just was absolutely dealing, and he's yelling and he's screaming, and again the that's for you bitch award, it gets the team yeah. fired up. He's the leader in the clubhouse, and he's a bully. He is one of the guys in the bullpen where I mean in the bullpen. Oh boy, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Um. He is one of the guys on the team where if you look at any type of uh, fight that breaks out or something is no. wrong, uh, where a player on the, an opposing team does something to uh, a player on the Yankees, CC is the first one out of that dugout, and he is fighting for his teammates. And it always, you see... You always saw Girardi, and you see Boone all the time. They're kind of like holding him back so he doesn't say something and get thrown out. He got thrown out of the game this year, correct me if I'm wrong, for while he was in the dugout because of something that he said to the umpire when he wasn't even pitching. Yeah. He is my bully. You guys like him because he fights. (laughs) We fight him? That, 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 that's all He's you fighting? care about. It's like, ah, get fighting? professional wrestling. Where is it? <laughs> yeah, it's, no. it's, it's, it's entertainment. <laughs> it's It's entertainment, but it's also a matter of being the team player, in my opinion. All right. So, 
Next award, and we're going to wrap up shortly, but next award, it's the Masculine Manly Men Award. And I'm giving this to two different people. Time out. Time out. People too, actually. Time out. Can you clarify this award for me? Matt, I think it's very self-explanatory. <laughs> self-explanatory. It's the Masculine Manly Men Award. The two guys on the Yankees that are the most masculine and like meaning like built no in terms like, of like who's not a fruitcake i'm going to i'm going <laughs> i'm going to tell you the two people and it will hopefully make more sense to you okay uh, uh, okay that's just so the record i read these two people already so okay my masculine manly men sunny gray no <laughs> lance lynn and lucas voigt i love voigt I still think it's Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn. Yeah, Luke Lloyd too, with, with, the, with the country style. Looks like a freaking... Uh... Greg Gardner then, too. No, 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 but you don't understand, pal. Luke Voigt looks like a freaking... One of those guys with the, the, the axe, which is really chopped on. I've seen Luke Voigt, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 but, but honestly, are you going to come up and talk shit to Aaron Judge? Really? You're going to do that. No, but Aaron, Aaron Judge is also kind of like a goofball. He's I kind know, of like a, he's kind of like quirky and awkward you can't sometimes. Call him manly, you, you can't call him not manly. I'm sorry, the guy's huge. No, but the masculine manly no. men of the team. Just because you're big doesn't mean that you're a masculine manly man. You're gonna tell Aaron Judge he's not a masculine manly man. No, because he's one. No, because he's one of the boys. You can't. You can't be. You can't be hanging with the bald-headed Brett Gardner's and Jay Haps. Along with Lan- fat old gut with a gut Lance Lynn and one arm bench press and Luke Country Luke Voigt. and you <laughs> you can't be hanging with that crowd and also be one of the boys. You're you're your own type of breed. So <laughs> Lance Lynn grabbing his. It's actually inappropriate to watch Lance Lynn. Like if you have like if you have children watching Lance Lynn pitch on the mound. You might want to skip that day because <laughs> grabbing grabbing his his yeah. private parts on the mound. It's just hey, it's not a pretty sight. You pull the Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is at least nicer to like look at. Oh my god, Lance Lynn is just an he's an ugly man. Are you call are you are you calling Baker Mayfield hot? I'm not saying that he's hot. Oh, we're gonna start this on, on social media now. Let's get you trending. No, I'm not saying that. Ba- Lance, I'm just saying it's, Justin, it's a why product. You, Justin, why are you turning red, man? Why are you blushing? <laughs> well, I mean, people—that's fake news because people cannot see that I'm turning red, so they cannot. Well, I, I cannot I sure confirm. Can see that you're turning red. I'm in a I'm in a closet with no air conditioning. Of course, I'm turning red. All right, so Luke Voigt, country Luke Voigt. Bench pressing with one arm. Lance Lynn grabbing his you-know-what after he strikes people out, throwing a fastball 90% of the time. Those are my uh, masculine manly men awards. Can we uh, – should we talk we – we have to talk about Lucas Voigt. We'll just – Lance Lynn's gross. Um, but Lu- Luke Voigt, Renato, you have some numbers. You have some numbers you want to read. I got some numbers. He said he got the numbers. I, I got the numbers, but you, you guys give me like one second to pull these numbers. My computer's being booby right now. All right, so Luke Voigt batting average is the only thing he can play. Not enough for Cardinals or any of the minor leagues. Just strictly Yankees. Okay, batting three thirty three. Okay, thirty in thirty nine games, one hundred forty plate appearances. 
14 homers, 33 RBIs, batting average 333, like I said, OPP of 405, and the big number, OPS of 1.095, ladies and gentlemen. This guy is an animal, and that's all I got to say about that. That's all you have to say about that. That's all I got to say about this guy's an animal. It's going to be a huge one month. Huge one month piece. of baseball to hit this this kind of production. It's insane. Insane. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be, and he has been, and we've been kind of talking about it since Baltimore that Baltimore series players weekend that he really kind of like emerged, mm-hmm. and we've been kind of asking, is this the guy? Is this the rallying point? Is this the is this the moment? And he has been. It's been yes. Luke Voigt has been the guy. Like, you even see how he gets along with Aaron Judge. Him and Aaron Judge are stoked together. And that's, what's the word? It's, it reflects, it, it impacts so all of the guys in the clubhouse. All of them. It's a rallying point. And he is that guy. We've been asking it. And I think it's really been confirmed. The player that I'm most excited to watch during this wildcard game to see how he adjusts and does to the moment is Luke Voigt. Yeah, because if, if it goes well, mm-hmm. oh my God. The stadium will be rocking. The stadium, I will be, I will be leading it. I will be going the whole game. All right, so I think that's gonna wrap up our pre wild card episode slash awards episode slash. Oh boy, the moment of truth is coming. So. Final thoughts. Renato, Bokra, Brett. We'll go in that order. My final thought is I am still doing <laughs> this wildcard game on Wednesday. It's been a fun season. I mean, a little bit like down from what I expected in the beginning of the year. But I, I going into the, in the, to the postseason, hopefully, I have confidence in this team to be anybody. I, I think they could be Oakland. I think they could be Boston. I think they could be used. I could be anybody. I really Renato, you're a friggin' hypocrite. I'm I'm being I'm being realistic here. Real, real um, Renato. I am. I got I got words to tell you when we are off the air. I got words I, to tell I, you. I am like I said. My my. I I've turned 180 degrees. I'm full support of Brian Cashman. Full support of the Yankee organization. And let's win number 28. Woo! Michael Boker. Well. Um, it has been a fun season. Uh, if there is another uh, series, um, I will be g- asking Renato for apologies since all throughout the month of August, I've been saying, just wait till the playoff, just wait. Oh, the Bronx, the Bronx, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Just listen. And I've been, and I've been getting absolutely no support from Renato about this. Saying how, oh, oh you're gonna be wrong, you're gonna be wrong, but now he turns it around to make it seem like, oh, I'm in full support now. Yeah, Renato. I'm I'm gonna be getting an apology from you if there's another series. Best believe that. Um, I am very excited for Wednesday. I am ready for this Yankee team to go out there and prove that they are the best. And I'm looking very, very forward to being in the bleachers with every Yankee fan screaming their head off because there's no better place to be than at Yankee Stadium in October. Brett Wiley. Okay. 
will this be like the beginning of Moneyball? You know the first scene of Moneyball? No. You don't know the first scene of Moneyball? It's A's Yankees, and the Yankees uh, walk it off or something. They win. And will it be – it will come down to the very end. Will we have a classic moment at Yankee Stadium? I think I, I think this is going to be a great game. I, I can't wait to watch this one. I'm going to make a bold prediction in this game that this game will be decided in the ninth inning. No. I'm going to make a bold prediction. I'm going to make that bold prediction. And uh, disagree. Okay, here we go again. Renato, disagree. No, no, we're done. We're wrapping up. We're wrapping up. Game will be decided the ninth inning. All the marbles, Bronx, New York, Yankees, baseball, go. Yankees, go. Yankees, go. Yankees, go. Yankees, go. Yankees, go. Yankees, and keep on bleeding blue.